So I want to bring some encouragement to you from the story of Stephen today. And, and, I, and I want you to understand this. We all face difficulties and problems, right? Come on, engage with me real quick. Come on, look, the, the rain's going to fall. You can't, staring at it ain't going to make it no different. Engage with me this morning. We're all going to face problems and difficulties, right? Okay, there you go. Now we're getting on, on page. So we're, we're all going to face trouble. We're all going to go through hard times. We're all going to have our hearts broken. We're all going to be offended. We're always, there will always be something that pops up in front of us. If somebody lied to you and said that when you gave your life to Jesus, all your problems were going to go away, I'm sorry for that, but they lied to you. In fact, the opposite is true. And when you read your Bible, you read constantly where men are on the mission that God has for them. They're walking in the perfect will of God and problems and trials and tribulations pop up in front of them. Some folks have said in past times, and I came out of a church that believed if you were doing something and you ran into a problem that it wasn't God, you had to turn around and do something else. So I lived in a state of confusion. Can I be honest with you? For the first half of my life, every time I ran into a problem, I said, oh, God's either mad at me or I'm doing the wrong thing. So I'd go this way. And I was on this vicious cycle of just going nowhere. But I realize now that just because I'm doing what God wants me to do doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be problems. It doesn't mean that people won't offend me anymore. (laughs) It may mean that they're going to offend me even more. <laughs> and there may be more problems and more trials. And there's been days I've been, man, I didn't have this much trouble when I was a heathen. I had less problems when I was running into barrooms. But I didn't have life. And so if somebody lied to you, listen to me, I'm sorry, but you're going to go through trials. You're going to go through problems. You're going to face difficult situations. And so I want to encourage you through the story of Stephen this morning with a message that's titled, you ready for this? You're full of it. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, you're full of it. (laughs) Don't tell them what they're full of. This ain't the place for that. (laughs) You can look back at them and say, oh, I I may be full of it, but you're full of something too, old old girl. (laughs) But you're full of it. So let's talk about Stephen real quick. Let me kind of give you some of the backstory here. Stephen was a follower of Jesus. He was a guy who was a disciple. He was following Jesus in those days. And, and we're, we're in chapter 7 of Acts. So the church is, has been established for a little while. And things are starting to happen. And so they're bringing structure and order excuse me, to the church. And so all of a sudden, the apostles are teaching and preaching and doing all these great things that apostles do. And then they're, they're feeding the widows. All of a sudden, when, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he preached the message that 3,000 people were saved, think about this. If I preach today and we walk out of here next Sunday, 3,000 people show up, uh-oh, are we ready? Look at your name and say, no, we ain't ready. <laughs> Let's just be real. We're not ready. 3,000 people were saved. They actually says 3,000 men, which could equal to six to 9,000 people were added to the church that day. And all of a sudden, this community of believers explodes. The Bible says they go from, from meeting just at the temples or in the church building to meeting from house to house. So they loved each other so much, they were overwhelmed by God's love for them that they said, you know what? Church ain't enough. I got to have me something in the week. 
Hello, life groups, come on. I got to have me something during the week. I got to get around some of these believers and give me some, some encouragement or give some encouragement throughout the week. So they began to meet from house to house. And then the Bible says they started selling everything that they had to make sure that everybody had their needs met. That's God's welfare system. Come on, somebody. And so they're selling stuff. They're, they're meeting people's needs. And the Bible says that nobody, that wasn't anybody lacking anything. Think about that. What, an, what a community to belong to. Like-minded people who love Jesus, who've experienced his love, and they're constantly willing to just give you whatever you need. Isn't that awesome? And so there were widows. There were poor people. And so they were distributing the goods to the widows and the poor people that were in this community. And then all of a sudden, some things got a little out of order and the people started complaining. How many of you know, you may not know this, but people in church, church folks complain. I guess that's just brand new news to all of you. But church folk complain. We can't cuss no more, so we just complain twice as much. Right? I mean, church people can, we complain about, I was in a church, they, they were complaining about the size of the punch bowl. I'm like, dear God, people outside the building are dying and going to hell, and y'all worried about a punch bowl? Church folk are funny. So they start complaining that the food's not getting distributed right. So what they do is the the apostles who are trying to build the church that God's called them to build and strategize how to go from here to there. They're going, man, listen, we can't we can't keep they they felt the stretch. They they were like, we can't keep providing for everybody and, 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 and pushing the kingdom forward. We can't we can't serve tables and advance the kingdom. And they were in this 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 stretch. And so they said, well, let's get some men. Let's get some help. And so Stephen was one of the guys that they they called in to help. So the reason I'm saying this to you this morning is because I want you to understand that Stephen was just a follower of Jesus. He was just a Christian. He didn't have a title. He wasn't uh, Bishop Stephen. He wasn't Pastor Stephen or Elder Stephen or Usher Stephen or Greeter Stephen or OSC Kids Stephen. He was just Stephen. And he got called in to help distribute food. I say it like this this morning, Stephen was the new lunch lady. (laughs) He might have been the guy passing out the milk cartons. Everybody get your milk carton. Huh? You got got your milk carton, baby. Stephen's just distributing the food. You see, God's not in love with titles. God's not in love with positions. God's in love with people. He loves people. And God uses anyone he pleases. You see, the thing I love about Stephen is that he wasn't so much worried about being the man as he was about being the body. See, back in my day, when I was young as a believer, you would serve in children's church. You would serve with the youth. This is how the latter went. You would, you would give your life to Jesus. You would maybe usher or greet for a little while. Then you would move into children's church. This, was the, this is how you got to the top. To be the man. Then you would, after children's church, you would serve the youth for a little while. As long as you could take it. (laughs) (sighs) And then you would wait for a position to open up so you could be the man. Can I just tell you something? There's only one 
the man. And that's Jesus. The rest of us, including me, we're the body. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the body. And if you want to encourage them, say, you're a good-looking body. We're the body. We can't fall out of love of, of, with being the body of Christ. It's who we are. Listen, we're all on the dream team here at our Savior's Church. I'm on the dream team. I'm just one piece to this big old puzzle. I'm no more important than the person that's going to be parking cars in this God-given rain. <laughs> I'm just part of the body. So Stephen was just humble. He was just willing to just serve wherever God gave him the opportunity to serve. He had a humble heart. He was passing bread or passing milk. It didn't really matter. He was just willing to do whatever God wanted him to do. You see, the reality is, is you can be changing somebody else's kid's dirty diaper. You can be bringing little Johnny to the bathroom for the fourth time this morning and still be full of the spirit, still be full of faith and still be serving God. Amen. That's what Stephen was doing. He was passing out food. The prerequisite for the people they chose was that they were wise and full of the spirit. Peter fits the description. He was doing whatever he was told to do. And an opportunity popped up in front of him. The Bible speaks to this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up. Who's going to lift you up? God's going to lift you up. How do you know if you're in trouble if you find yourself trying to lift yourself up? When I was in the business world, if a guy showed up and told me how good he was, I didn't hire him. Because he was full of himself. But if he showed up and he says, hey, I've got a little concrete experience. I can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Oh, yeah? How long have you been doing that? Oh, a couple years. Come see. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And in due season, the Bible says, God will lift you up. We don't have to lift ourselves up. God will lift us up. We're going to see in the story of Stephen that he was given an opportunity to be used by God in a very mighty way. And I want to say to you this morning, what would happen if we had a mind shift and we would go from seeing our problems and our trials as problems and trials and start seeing them as opportunities? What what if we even just changed the word? Oh my God, there's an opportunity. What would happen if we started to see things a little different? You see, because the Bible says that we're supposed to keep our mind on heavenly things, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's where our mind is supposed to be. That's where our eyes are supposed to be. Not on this planet. It's a temporary place. We're going to leave here one day, and we're going to spend eternity in heaven. I want to get a glimpse of what it looks like. Right? What if we started to see our problems and our trials differently? So Stephen, I'll give you the quick version to get to the end of the story. Stephen's distributing food. And the Bible says that he was doing incredible miracles and wonders. <laughs> In order to do incredible miracles and wonders, you don't have to have a title. You just need to be full of the Spirit and not full of yourself. Amen? 
You need to have God's wisdom and not your own wisdom to do signs, wonders, and miracles. We say all the time, we don't see anything happening in the church. There's no signs and miracles in the church. I don't read where there was that many that happened in the synagogue. Most of them happened outside the synagogue, in the workplace, in the marketplace. That's where the miracle signs and wonders are supposed to take place. By common people with no title, full of the spirit and full of God's wisdom. That's when you go to work and you see signs, miracles, and wonders happening at your job. You're God's person in that place. If you learn how to see things differently. Stephen's distributing food, signs, miracles, and wonders are happening all around him. So much so that the Bible says the religious folks start to pay attention. They start to notice what's going on with this guy. Oh, my goodness. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due season, God will lift you up, right? Stephen's humbly serving bread, milk, lunch lady, doing his thing. Gets an opportunity, lays hands on so-and-so, they recover. Walks over here, prays for this one, they get what they need. Signs, miracles, and wonders start to happen. So much so that the religious people go, hang on a second, what's up with this guy? He caught their attention. Now, he didn't go and advertise. Prophet Stevens in the house. Miracle man. Send me $10 and I'm going to give you a miracle. He didn't do none of that. He was serving bread, right? Just serving bread. Just doing what God's called him to do. Wasn't worried about nothing. Just being humble. And when opportunities pop up in front of him, he just, by faith, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of God's wisdom, prays for folks and miracles happen. It should be happening every day. Every, every day, we should be involved in miracles and wonders. Say amen. Even if you don't understand that, say amen. Agree with that. It needs to be happening every day. So they get jealous of him and they try to argue with him, but the Bible says he was full of wisdom. And then at one point, it says they're arguing with Stephen, and Stephen's talking to these religious folks. And by the way, they they went and got some people to falsely accuse him of blasphemy and all this stuff. And they're throwing these accusations at him. And Stephen's just like, it's not even bothering him. He's just sitting there going, hey, man, praise God. You know, God's doing this incredible thing. He's doing this incredible thing. And it's like he didn't even hear them. Oh, my God. What would happen if we went to work or we went somewhere and a problem rose up and we didn't even see it? People talked about us and we just didn't even hear it. The Bible says that his face began to shine like the face of an angel. And I believe that at that point, they kind of went, uh-oh. Oh, shoot. The lunch lady done stood up. It's on now. Because, <laughs> come on, you know when you was in high school, you, there was one person in the school you didn't make mad. It was the lunch lady. Come on, somebody. On chicken day. You didn't make lunch lady mad on chicken day. In fact, you might have brought her a flower if you were smart. Get that extra piece of chicken. His face was shining. And they were staring at him, the Bible says. He had their attention. And then all of a sudden, he was given this opportunity. In the face of adversity, he's given an opportunity to preach the message of God to these religious people. These, you got to understand, these were the religious folks of the day. They wore the robes. They followed the laws. They dotted the T, I mean, crossed the T's and dotted the I's. They had everything. They looked religious. They were, they were trying to be God's representative, but they were heathen at heart. 
They were good on the outside, rotten on the inside. And Stephen, serving his bread, doing his signs, wonders, and miracles. You can either look at it this way, has, an, has, a, has a fight with them, or you can look at it this way, and God brings them all into one place so that Stephen can preach to them. You can say, well, they're beating Stephen down. Oh, my God, poor Stephen. Or you can look at it this way. Uh-oh, they in trouble. God put them in the same room with Stephen. You seeing this? So, so you need to start looking at your problems like they're coming against me or God's just giving me their attention. Amen, pastor. That was good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not being prideful. I'm just cutting up. Listen to me. We got to start seeing things differently. You hearing me? We got to change the way we see things. If, if our problems can turn into opportunities, then what can we do for the kingdom of God? What can be done for the kingdom of God? I'm going to show you that in Stephen's story. Go with me to Acts 7, verse 54. We pick the story up. Stephen's been preaching up a storm. I mean, he's giving them the what for. He talks about Abraham, Moses, David. He brings them all the way back. He's telling them, you guys have been, you've been hard-hearted since way back. And your heart's closed off to the Holy Spirit even now. Your ancestors, in other words, he's saying, your grandma was bad. Your grandpa was no good. He was a kuyon, and you still a kuyon. But he was saying it through preaching. So we pick up the story, and they're starting to get mad. Actually, verse 51, he actually says these words. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. (laughs) This is the lunch lady, y'all. Preaching to the religious folks, y'all. Verse 54, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. And they shook their fist at him in rage. The message translation says it this way. It says, at that point, they went wild. Okay, these are the folks wearing the robes with the tassels. It's like priests going wild. You know what I'm saying? It's bad. They're going wild. It says, verse 55, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven And saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he he told them, look, I see heaven opened. And the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now watch this. They are growling at this brother. And he's going, hey, hey. I mean, they're ready to take him out. He said, hey, hey, I I see heaven. Heaven, heaven's opened. Jesus is, Jesus is standing at the right hand of God. And their fists are clenched. Are you seeing this? He should have been ready to defend himself, right? He should have been ready to swing back, right? Or he should have ran, right? He couldn't. You know why? Because his eyes were on heaven. And not on himself. 
You see, when your eyes are on heaven and not on yourself, you'll stand in things that you don't even know you're standing in. And the people around you go, bro, your truck's sinking. And you're like, yeah, thanks for the truck. Yeah. Hey, Jesus. Bro, there's a snake on your boot. Yeah, Jesus. So I want to talk to you about three things this morning. I want to talk to you about the problem. And I want to talk about the, the position. And then I want to talk about the product, what came out of this. So here's the problem. The problem is that, that Stephen was full of wisdom, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. And he was speaking to some religious leaders of the day. And he was trying to convince them with the truth of God's gospel that they were hard-hearted. He wasn't coming at them to condemn them. He was coming at them to help them. Say he was trying to help. He was trying to help them with the truth of the gospel. So you could say it like this. Stephen was in a place where he was trying to give them heaven. But they didn't want nothing to do with heaven. Because of what started to come out of them. Stephen was given heaven, they were given hell. Come on. They were in the flesh, like we say. And they were giving him hell. Stephen is trying to give him heaven, they're trying to give him hell, so there's a battle going on. They began to shake their fist at him in a serious rage. They were going wild, not very Jesus-like, eh? Who's acting like Jesus in that moment? Is it the religious leaders or is it Stephen? Who's got more characteristics of Christ, Stephen or the religious leaders? Stephen. They're getting in the flesh. Stephen's giving them words of life and they're responding with flesh. They weren't receiving the message that God was giving them through Stephen. God was trying to free them from their religiosity by setting them free with the truth of the gospel and they were having nothing to do with it. That was the problem. And can I tell you this morning that when you're full of, of, of the Holy Spirit and you're full of faith and you're full of wisdom, God's going to lead you to stand in situations and be the truth in that situation. He's going to put you in positions to be the truth in that situation. And all you got to do is stand there and speak what you hear, and, and God will do what he's going to do. Amen? He's going he's gonna to take care of business. And so you're going to be put in situations where people don't necessarily like you. They don't agree with you. They don't want to hear what you got to say, but they can't not listen to you they're gonna hear the words of life that are coming out of your mouth that was the problem the position let's talk about the position real quick verse 55 from the message translation says this but Stephen full of the Holy Spirit hardly noticed he only had eyes for God isn't that cool the way the message translation says it he's standing there preaching they're growling and shaking their fist at him and, and he hardly even notices. He hardly even notices. 
What was his position? His position was, I'm fixed where I'm at. I'm right here where God wants me to be. I'm standing in this situation. They don't agree with me. They're coming against me. But as long as I do what God wants to do, I'm going to be the one that has the victory. Amen? So I'm going to stay right here where God has me. I'm not going to worry about them and what they're saying or doing. I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. And I'm not going to take it off. And I'm going to stand here. What was his position? Fixed. What was his position? Standing. He had a stand. He took a stand. The only way you can ever stand is to first take a stand. And I want you to hear me. Some of you need to take a stand in your life today. Some of you have been dealing with stuff for too long. You've been wrestling with the same problems for too long. You've been dealing with the same emotional stuff too long. And you're not doing nothing about it. And you're hoping it's just going to go away. Listen to me. Take a stand. And then when you take a stand, stand there. I took a stand 18 years ago to be in church every Sunday. Why? Not because I'm trying to be more religious, because I like to be around God's people. I took the stand, and we stand in it. Amen? I don't go to bars no more because I took a stand. I don't smoke dope no more because I took a stand. I don't sleep with other women no more because I took a stand. And my wife will kill me. It's just truth. You're going to preach preach the whole truth. But in order to stand, you have to first take a stand. What are you standing for? What are you standing against? What is it it in your life that you're, you're taking a stand against? Stephen was standing against the religious rule of the world that day. Leading people away from God and not to God. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, not full of himself. His eyes were focused on Jesus. He hardly noticed what was happening to him. I wonder how much time we spend every day thinking about ourselves. Think about that real quick. How much time do you spend in a day thinking about yourself, your situation, your problem, your lack, your needs, your desires, your, your whatever? How much time do you spend thinking about yourself in a day's period? And I want to ask you, can't you spend your time better? Is there not a better way to spend your time? I wonder what would happen if we thought less of ourselves and more about Christ. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. How do you get full of the Holy Spirit? Not by focusing on yourself. You don't get full of the Holy Spirit by worrying about your own problems, your condition, and your situation. You get full of the Holy Spirit by by pushing all that aside and saying, you know what, Jesus, I need some time with you today. Will you feel me fresh and new this morning? I know I'm about to run into some hell. I need a whole lot of heaven to get me through. Amen? So go ahead and fill me up with your Holy Spirit so when hell comes, I can just bust on through. But if you don't do that, if you don't take that time and say, Lord, fill me, fill me fresh, reading, praying, worshiping, whatever you need to do, get you Jesus, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then when you go into your day, You take on hell with a water pistol, right? You're not worried about anything because your eyes aren't on you. Thank you, Virginia. He's full of the Holy Spirit. 
I believe the reason this, this portion right here, verse 54, 55, and 56, I believe the reason it's in the Bible is because this is the position that God wants every one of us to take. I think if he, if he thought it important enough to put it in the Bible that Stephen stood against adversity, then I would say to you this morning, I think he wants us to be the same way. I think he wants us to take the same position. Amen? And it's important. Stephen was so in awe with God. Stephen was so in awe of what God was doing through him, he hardly noticed what they were doing to him. He was so in love with what God was doing through him. I'm serving bread, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that everybody gets their food now. Thank you, Lord. I get to pray for so-and-so. I get to lay hands on this one. I get to encourage this one. I get to help this one. And then he gets in trouble for it. Now, that's good. That's worth getting in trouble for, right? What was his position? He was standing there. I want to tell you something this morning. I believe we're going to get to heaven one day. And the saints are going to be there and they're going to be talking about us. But I don't think they're going to be talking about what we did or didn't do. I think in most situations, they're going to be talking about what you went through. They're not going to be talking about everything that you did. Oh, he, that's the guy that prayed for so-and-so. They got I think they'll talk about that. But I think they're more going to be talking about, man, that's, that's so-and-so. You remember what they walked through? You remember the adversity they had to face? You remember the trash that happened to them when they were children? You remember what happened to them when they were adults? Listen to me, and you need to understand this this morning. If I had two hours, I could give you a quarter of the stories in this church, and you would walk out of here with your makeup running down your face, and your shirt sleeve would be soaking wet from crying, of the stories of the people in this church that shouldn't even be in the church. I'm going to tell you, there's stories in here where, where you, it would blow your mind. I look at some of their stories sometimes and I just weep. I go, God, only you, only you can bring somebody through something like that and not kill them. Only you, Lord. I believe people are more interested in what you're walking through than exactly what you're doing. I believe the stories in heaven are going, bro, you seen what that guy walked through? Which brings me to a point. I love Rocky movies. How many of you love Rocky? I don't love Sylvester Stallone. I love Rocky, the character. It's not the best movie in the world. <laughs> Definitely not the best acting in Adrian. I could have done that. <laughs> not, not the best acting. I wasn't in love with Sylvester Stallone's acting. You know what I was in love with? With the fact that he would get in the ring with anybody, and he would go toe-to-toe with them, and he wouldn't back down. He'd get knocked down, but he'd get back up. He'd get thrown to the side. He'd get back up, and he didn't quit, and he just kept going. That's what I loved about him, because he might have got knocked down, and he might have went through some adversity, but when the bell rung, he was the one standing. Amen? That's the kind of people I love to be with. The kind of people that ain't afraid to go through something. The kind of people that don't freak out every time the car doesn't start. Am I making sense this morning? I don't know who this is for, but I felt like I needed to say it this morning. There's there's some of you here this morning... And the enemy thought he got you. He thought you were down and out. He was counting. One, two, 
three. And I want to tell you this morning, God showed me this last night for some of you. Some of you, the dust is beginning to settle in your life right now. And the, and the people that, that wanted to see you die, the people that wanted to see the end of your life, the enemy that you have called Satan, thought he won. The dust is settling in your situation right now. And there's a shadow, there's an image of you standing in that situation. So I want you to hear me this morning. The dust is settling, but some of you are still standing. The fact that you're still in church this morning says that you're standing. It says that you're standing. So Stephen had a position. He was standing. He wasn't worried. He wasn't even paying attention, to be honest with you. He hardly noticed everything that was happening to him. Jesus had a position also. If I asked you right now, where is Jesus? I think most of you would tell me he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, which is what the scriptures say. Where's Jesus? Sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's right. That's exactly where he's at. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. Does he always sit? Watch what he does for Stephen, verse 55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily. You need to underline those two words. Gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus, what? He saw Jesus standing in the presence of God. Jesus wasn't sitting in Stephen's situation. Jesus was standing in Stephen's situation. How was he standing, I go? Lord, how did he, what did that look like? I want to see. Can I just tell you? I want to see. I want to see what he looks like standing in somebody's situation. So I started thinking, well, well how was he standing? Well, was, it, was he was Jesus worried? No, Jesus wasn't worried. Was he nervous? No, Jesus ain't nervous. Was, was, he, was he afraid? No, Jesus wasn't afraid. How was Jesus standing? You know what I believe? I'm going to give you my own personal belief. I believe Jesus was standing in full confidence that Stephen was going to make it through. I believe that Jesus was standing with Stephen. It's kind of like watching the Rocky movie when he comes back in the last round and he starts to get up and he's making his comeback, right? If the first time I watched that, we were sitting down going, come on, Rock, come on, Rock. And then when he starts throwing a couple punches, before you know it, everybody's what? Standing. Come on, Rock. Come on, man. Y'all don't see Jesus like that? Man, what's wrong with y'all? You go to the LSU Bay football game and you, and you go to the LSU baseball game and you watch him win the national championship. You just don't sit there and go, Coach didn't do that. There's pictures of him diving on the pile. Right? Why? Because he had victory. Jesus was standing in Stephen's situation. And I want to tell you today, he'll stand with you too. He's not fixed on the throne. He's not stuck in the sitting position. He's not worried He's not disconnected. He's fully connected and he's standing. I believe when Jesus saw Stephen start to preach, Jesus rose up out of his chair standing right next to God. You see, if you watch a fight with me or you watch a good football game with me, you're probably going to get a little bruised. I get excited. I had a guy one time, we, watched it, uh, we used to watch MMA 
and, and, and we were watching this MMA bout, and, and this guy just, he's coming back. And I just go ballistic. I'll just be honest with you. You can ask Doug. We took a, a white water raft down the Tennessee River, and it was so exciting. I beat Doug up all the way down the river. At one point, I remember looking at me like, bro, quit. But it's like, come on, come on, come on. I get excited. So if we're at a game, just get an extra seat. I believe Jesus was standing next to God going, he's going to do it. Come on. Stand there, Stephen. Don't you give up, son. You keep standing. Don't you quit. I know they're throwing everything they got at you, but don't you give up. I got your back, buddy. I'm right here with you. I'm not going to let you fall. We're going to make it to the end. And by the way, what's coming after this is much greater than what's ever been before this. Amen? So you just keep standing, buddy, because they got a big old prize waiting for you. So Jesus is standing. His position is standing. Ephesians 6, 13 to 14 says this, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Some of you need to hang on to that scripture. I'm going to go through a battle. There's going to be a time of evil, but I can stand firm at the end of the fight. Amen? And then it says, Stand your ground. I believe when Jesus intercedes for us, he intercedes for us to just keep standing. When your finances are funny, just keep standing. Amen? So we talked about the problem. We talked about the position. Stephen is standing. Jesus is standing. Man, what an incredible moment. Let's talk about the product real quick, and I'm going to wrap it up. Verse 56 says, And he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. The accusers took off their coats, and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. You need to remember that name, Saul, because it's important. Saul was watching Stephen stand. They laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Watch this. Stephen standing against the religious powers of that day preaching the gospel right what's he doing not looking at them not looking at him he's looking at heaven right his eyes aren't even on the fight he's just looking at heaven hey i see jesus i mean i can see Stephen being an old country boy you know hey y'all jesus y'all see G- jesus is up there look look jesus they begin, they drag him out of the place, begin to stone him, the Bible says. Let me tell you about stoning real quick. Biblical stoning. <laughs> what they would do when they would stone somebody in those days is they would drag them out to a place. It was a pit. And they would throw them down into the pit. 
And then they would take big old rocks on the outside of the pit and they would begin to roll these big old rocks. It'd take a couple of men to grab these big old boulders and roll them down on the person to eventually crush them to death. If that didn't work, they would pick up smaller rocks that they could throw and they would just begin to throw them at these people until they died to finish them off. That's how they stoned people in those days. They dragging Stephen out. His eyes are like, hey, it's Jesus. They're dragging him out. They throw him down. And as they're stoning him, the Bible says, what's he doing? Okay, it's praying, but what else is praying called? He's talking to who? Jesus, the one he was looking at. It's like, bro, you even here? I think that made him even more mad. Because you know how it is. When, when somebody picks it, nags or, or comes at you, and you just act like it don't bother you, what does it do? It makes them more mad. Right? So they come at you even harder. I wonder if we would stop freaking out every time something wrong happened, if the enemy would just get mad and maybe one day quit. He's praying. Put, you, put yourself there. They're stoning him. Rocks are flying at him. He's praying. What do you do in bad situations? Pray. Cry out to heaven. Pray. He's praying. Most of the times in those days when they threw you in the pit, you were in some type of a laying position when they rolled the boulders on you. Stephen wasn't laying down. Watch this in verse 60. He fell to his knees. So they're stoning him. He must have been standing. He fell to his knees, and here's the result. Shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. You say, well, Pastor, he died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he died. He's now receiving his prize. We say it at funerals all the time, right? When a loved one dies, oh, they're in a better place. Sometimes that's true, sometimes it's not. <laughs> oh, they're in a better place. Oh, they're in a, we say it all the time, but it's hard to believe it. That they, but in order to get there, you've got to die. That's plain English, y'all. In order to get to heaven, you've got to die, unless God beams you up, Scotty, right? I mean, come on, that's just the way it works. So you're going to have to die. So why not die doing what God wants you to do instead of dying doing what you want to do? Right? So Stephen... In his last breath, shouts, the Bible says, so that every one of them could hear him. Lord, don't charge him with this. And he dies. Wow. Does that sound familiar? Father, Forgive them for what they've done. 
Stephen stood in his circumstance, his situation, and in his problem. Full of faith, full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit. Did he lose his life? Yeah, he lost his life. Did he lose altogether? Oh, no, he didn't. He won. Because you know why? Saul later on becomes Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. I guarantee you, from that day forward, Saul's life was never the same. You can't sit there and watch somebody stand up in a situation like that and not be moved by it. Amen? And I want you to hear me this morning. There's a lot of people watching your life. The minute you said you was a believer, the minute you started going to church, people started watching you. Why? Because they want to know if God is real. Because there's a a God-made thing in them that has to know God. And there's something in them that has to know that God is real. And they won't say it. They won't articulate it. But I promise you, they're thinking it. Is God real in their life? And listen to me. If you will just stand in your situation, stand in your problem, stand against the religious things of the world, and just be who God's called you to be, serving bread, serving milk, doing your thing, the people that are watching you are going to see God in your life. And they'll come too. They'll come too. They'll follow you. Paul goes on to be one of the greatest church builders in all of history. Goes all over the place planting churches. Paul went through some stuff. I guarantee you when Paul was getting beat down by the, by the soldiers, he was remembering what Stephen went through that gave him courage and hope to get through what he was going through. Amen? Can I encourage you today? Be whatever God's called you to be. Don't freak out about everything else. Just be who God's called you to be. Humbly, serving, giving, doing what he's called you to do. And when opportunities come, pray in faith. Watch God begin to do miracles and wonders through you. Fix your eyes on heaven and see what happens. Instead of letting your problem dictate to you how to see Jesus, let Jesus dictate to you how to see your problem. Five quick points to give you to walk away with. Number one, be full of the Holy Spirit and not yourself. Number two, seek God's wisdom daily. Number three, grow your faith. Don't let your faith stay dormant. Grow your faith. Number four, keep your eyes on Jesus. And then number five, can I just tell you today, stand and don't quit. Stand and don't 